the Bodybuilding Dietitians podcast. Thank you for joining your hosts, Tierra and Jack. What is now episode number 21 of our Road to 2021 series. So before we get into our weeks and let you guys know about them, we just wanted to remind you guys that if you enjoy these episodes, please remember to repost them onto your social media stories. Also, if you do enjoy the episode and you listen on iTunes, please don't hesitate to leave us a review on that listener provider as well. Also, if you are interested in our coaching, you can head over to www.thebodybuildingdietitians.com. You can find the link on Google or in our Instagram bios as well. And just as a reminder, we don't just coach competition clients, we coach pretty much everyone, regardless of your health and fitness goals. So make sure to get in contact if you are interested. Mm -hmm. That's right, anyone and everyone. But uh, Jack, episode 21, all right? So you've got some exciting news for this week. How's it been? Yeah, it's been a pretty good week. And as I said last week, I'd be wrapping up my mini cut. So Mm -hmm. that has happened and I actually finished up on Wednesday was my final day and then mm-hmm. on Thursday I got back to a big increase in calories so overall it was really productive and I guess I'll kind of break it down for everyone this week and discuss what my plans are to come yeah absolutely crazy right like so it was basically 6.75 weeks so almost a full seven weeks of dieting but boy, did that just go by in an absolute flash, you know? Mm. Seven weeks, that's like close to a third of a comp prep, right? Mm. Pretty crazy. Yeah, it is. And it certainly did go fast. And looking back, it it went very smoothly as well. Like, sure, there are some things I could have, I would change in hindsight, but Mm -hmm. I don't think many people do a diet without wanting to change something in hindsight. And so, yeah, overall, it went very well. But as Tierra said, The dieting phase lasted for almost seven weeks. So I started on a Saturday and I finished on a Wednesday. So um, or a few days away from seven weeks exactly. And I started off at exactly 94.4 kilos, ended at 87.3. So overall that was... 7.1. Yeah, (laughs) 7.1. There's my grade two math. (laughs) And... Yeah, like that, that was the kind of the rate of loss I was aiming for, probably equaled out to be just over 1% of my body weight each Mm -hmm. week. And I did have to be aggressive in order to achieve that. So I started off as an average, probably at like 650 carb, 80 fat and 275 protein, higher on my leg days, lower on my rest days. So that was starting off at the end of your improvement season, not the very start of your mini cut. And then my first initial drop was to around 450 carb, 70 fat, and then it ended up getting down to 350 carb training days, 60 fat, 250 protein, 300 carb on rest days, same fat and protein. And Mm -hmm. that's a huge drop. And that's probably lower than, I think I said this last week, but lower than I probably got even in my prep. Mm -hmm. And I definitely didn't feel bad, as bad as I did in prep though. Like hunger was very much under control energy was fine on most days of the week and yeah like I I could tell I was by the way I've responded to food so far I could tell I was much flatter than I thought I was Mm -hmm. just by the amount of my the amount my weight has increased by having increased carbs so far so yeah that's I don't have too much else to say about the process really Mm -hmm. Well, I think that, you know, because you had that specific goal of dropping a maximum amount of 
body fat while retaining your muscle in a short period of time, that's just why you had to be that aggressive, right? And that's again, why you weren't necessarily that aggressive in a competition prep as you shouldn't be because you lost seven kilograms in seven weeks, right? Like that's, that's pretty damn successful. I think for anyone dieting would be like, yeah, I've lost seven kilograms in the last seven weeks. Anyone would be like, whoa, like Mm. that's a lot of body weight, you know, that's a significant percent of your body weight. So especially for not being overweight or obese, Mm. like, yeah, that's, it's a lot of my proportion to lean mass to fat mass. That is quite a lot of weight to lose. And that's how a mini cut should be. You know, you mm. achieve that goal of you got in, you got out, you did what you needed to do, right? You drop that fat, like Steve Hall says, you you rob the fat bank. <laughs> but you know, now you can enter back into your gaining phase slightly and maintenance until you start prep. So you achieve the goal. Yeah, and for anyone anyone wondering what the end result looked like, I I have posted some comparison photos. So in in the same lighting and everything. So the the day I started, the day I ended. So that was quite good to see and Mm -hmm. probably my lower body stayed very similar as I predicted like in skin folds I think I didn't probably didn't even lose one mil in across my legs but like they're already below eight mils anyway on Mm -hmm. the skin fold so yeah um most of it by far came off my especially that tire around the waist Mm -hmm. like the love handles the front abdominals the lower back and you can especially in like the front and back shots you can really see how that's made a difference to those poses, which yeah. is good to see. And I mean, in, in the side shot, like it, a lot's come off around my glutes and hamstrings, which happens as well, which is why my glutes kind of lean out very quickly. Yeah. And you can kind of see the difference in the, the side shot as well with the, the hamstring. Yeah, absolutely. So even though you said, you know, you don't think that you lost that much in your lower body, we have to remember that with skin folds, we only take it on two sites. We take one on the top of your thigh and then we take Mm. one on your calf but your quads are already usually pretty damn lean so and you like we i i noticed some little glute striations coming through so that's the thing perhaps before we start prep even though it's not like an isac you know site maybe we really should pick somewhere where that that we are going to measure on on our hamstrings and our glutes so that we can measure that because i know both you and i we definitely lose weight off the back of our legs and our glutes (laughs) yeah for sure so let's, I guess we'll touch on like maybe what I could have learned from the experience mm, yeah, or changed. I would, I would love to know that. So like if you could go back in time seven weeks, right? Like and do this all over again, what would you have changed? So ultimately I wouldn't have changed much, which is I think an indicator of success for this. However, I probably would have changed the way I approached my deload. So for those of you who don't know, I deloaded two weeks in a row, like one for my lower body first, one for my upper. I had to deload lower because of like a niggle slash injury, which resolved, which is great. And then kind of the same thing for upper as well. Mm-hmm. And like that would have influenced my energy output, which therefore may probably made me push my macros lower than I needed to. So in, and this is what I'm actually doing now when I get to what I'm doing now in a bit, but I should have staggered my deload periods a bit better. So I went into it saying, okay, I can do this six to seven week block without having to deload. And like, it won't affect me psychologically and mentally, but we always have to accept that injuries and niggles do pop up, which, which might force a deload. And I guess I'm someone who I'd rather just deload as opposed to trying to get something out of a session by doing it suboptimally Mm -hmm. with an injury. Um, 
it depends. Like if it's week two of a block, like you can't do much in that case. Like there's not really much point deloading. But if I'm probably week four and above, like I am now, and I'm actually deloading next this coming week, then I will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's a really smart call. You know, just knowing your track history of just unfortunately hurting yourself sometimes, right? Like mm. it's just not worth it, right? It's not worth it. You're gonna get so much more out of resting for a week then you are going to potentially hurting yourself a little bit more and being out for multiple weeks. Yeah. But other than that, in terms of my exercise selection, in terms of nutrition, like I was really happy with that, how training went. Maybe I could have stepped off the gas a little bit with training because of how aggressive the diet was. I probably didn't need to try and progress as much as I did. Like, mm-hmm. especially for RDLs, I really tried to get, I hit lifetime PRs on RDLs for a few weeks in a row. And looking back, dude, I really need to do that in order to maintain (laughs) muscle mass. No. Yeah. Um, And that contributed to a lot to fatigue, which is probably also why I'm deloading now. And yeah, so looking back and I might even transition this to prep, like take a, take a PR if it's there and if it fits in with your, your weekly training, but don't, I'm not, not going to go as much out of my way to hit it because I've, I've learned, uh, fortunately nothing bad happened, but it definitely did stack on the, the fatigue. Yeah, absolutely. And doing a heavy hip hinge like that and like doing an RDL that's well over 170 kilograms for reps when you've lost close to seven kilograms, like that's going to feel very different. That's going to be pretty damn tough. Yeah. And they have been feeling tough and they just, it hasn't kind of slipped into the same groove. So yeah, I'll, I'll actually get onto what I'm doing now and kind of discuss that a bit. Mm -hmm. So a bit of a longer episode from me. (laughs) So the mini cut ended on Wednesday. So I want to ask that as well and just clarify for the listeners, why did you decide to end it midweek rather than just going until that Saturday, just pumping out another three days of dieting? So mainly because my weight had dropped quite a lot in that span and I didn't want to just make it drop more. Mm-hmm. And like I'd achieved my goal in terms of my look. Again, you guys can, it's sometimes hard to talk when you guys haven't seen, I'm sure many of you have seen the photos, but like mm-hmm. I was happy with my look. And the main goal was to achieve a look that was good for starting comp prep, mm-hmm. where I was probably like 12 to 15% above stage weight. And my hopeful stage weight is 78. And I finished at 87.3. So like mm-hmm. that's, under 10 kilos to lose from that point. So yeah, I was happy. I didn't want to, over two days, I'd gone from 88.5 to 87.3. So that's a massive decrease in weight. And I didn't want to like go below 87 because mm-hmm. like that's, that would really, really deplete me. So yeah, I just, and considering I started on a Saturday, I just decided to end it. Yeah, I think it was a good call, you know, cause you had the next three days of heavy training coming up on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, right? Like what because you'd achieved that goal what would an extra three days of dieting have done right it's not Mm. like you had a show on saturday or something like you'd achieved it so you're like man might as well start eating a little bit more food now it's been seven weeks (laughs) yeah and that's what's good about being your own coach sometimes (laughs) yeah you just you call the shots (laughs) and yeah so since then i bought my food up by quite a lot this is something that has been like i'm gonna continue to structure because my goal is to between now and around mid slash late November when I begin prep, I don't, I only want to gain like up to around 90 kilos, maybe a little bit less. So that's about 2.7 kilos from the lowest point. Mm-hmm. 
And across eight weeks, that is quite a lot of weight, but we got to remember that a lot of that will be glycogen because I was very depleted, mm-hmm. stuff like that. So I bought up straight away to 550 carb, 70 fat and 250 protein. Mm-hmm. So that's about an 890 calorie increase. Mm-hmm. And in hindsight, that was, it wasn't a bad amount. It was probably slightly too much though. Because, yeah, my weight is, it's recording on Sunday now, my weight was Mm 88.5. So that's how much I would expect to gain from glycogen and water, given that was, it's an extra 200 grams of carbs since since the mini cut. But I don't want it to then be 90 kilos, like at the end of next, sorry, 89 kilos by the end of next week or midway through next week. So I'm just going to have to scale back if necessary. And that's kind of what I've done today for my rest day. I've gone back to lower calories on rest days, probably moderate on upper days, higher on Mm -hmm. lower days. Yeah. And just as the weeks go on, just slowly inch it up until you're back up to around that 650 grams of carbs. Yeah. That's, it's going to be interesting to see what's happened, how my adaptive thermogenesis plays out, Mm -hmm. like whether I'll be able to get up there in that time again. We'll see. I mean, I hope I will be able to, because I'd like to start prep at the best, best, best spot possible. But like you have to think about this. So back at the very beginning of your mini cut in like those first two or three days, how much did your weight drop? Probably not by more than 1.5 kilos. Yeah. But that's a pretty good rule of thumb, right? Because and we've spoken about this before is that generally it's that very first week of a dieting phase and that very first week of a gaining phase kind of take that almost with a grain of salt and kind of expect to gain back the same amount of weight that you lost in your first week of dieting in the first week that you go back to a surplus because of fluid shifts, because of extra glycogen. So, and what do you think about that, Jack? Yeah, I completely agree. It only makes sense Mm -hmm. because it's not going to be fat, body fat. Yeah. So like, what else would it be? Like it's, it has to, yeah. It's, it's just you looking extra, extra full in your t-shirt. <laughs> like if, if your body fat, sorry, if your body weight doesn't change after re-implementing the carbs, then you've continued to lose weight. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah. But, okay, so final segment for me before I'll let you do all the talking. <laughs> um, just kind of explaining what I'm doing now. So I have decided to deload from tomorrow mm-hmm. just because like I'm pretty battered from that period of much lower energy, keeping training volume the same and perform, trying to maintain or increase performance. So I've got a bit of a niggle in my bicep and shoulder, my Mm -hmm. left shoulder and my, my legs are just, especially posterior chains, just feeling pretty battered Mm -hmm. after those RDLs and Bulgarians and stuff. So yeah, I'll, um, deload this week, probably, probably just do it very auto regulated, which I've, the more I deload, the more I just kind of just do what I feel and just make sure that I do recover, which I kind of do with my clients as well. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not like, I'm not going to go in tomorrow and do my deload upper session. I'm just going to take another rest day. So two rest days in a row, I might not even train legs on Tuesday, to be honest. I'll, I'm going to probably see my physio on Wednesday or hopefully earlier than that. Mm -hmm. And I'll rather see him and then create a plan from there. And hopefully none of these, I'm, I don't think any of these issues will, set me out for longer than a week. I think Mm -hmm. they're just, again, just acute responses to training hard and just needs to settle down um, before I start again. Yeah, I think that's a really good call. And that's something that we definitely just, you know, changed our outlook on, you know, these past couple of years is really just 
how we actually approach deloads. And basically there's so many gosh darn ways that you can implement a deload and conduct a deload. But the overarching goal is that you just want to reduce systemic fatigue. You want to reduce any, any niggles, right? And you just want to feel rejuvenated and remotivated to enter back into a really productive mesocycle, no matter what you do. Right? So Mm. that's why there's so many ways to cook an egg when it comes to deloads. So, um, yeah. And so now, and I think that should actually work out really nicely because if you deload for this next week, and then if you started prep around the 9th of November, that's about seven weeks away from now. So would you consider having a deload then right before you start prep around that time? So you deload, you'd have five weeks of productive training, deload again, and then you kick off prep. Yeah, that's definitely something I want to do because I've kind of structured my whole prep out on, mm-hmm. on Excel. So I, what I've done is I've listed the weeks like one to 25 and chosen the rate of loss I want. So like starting at a 0.8% and then ending like with a 0.5% mm-hmm. and then starting at 90 kilos. And then I've worked back from there, um, seeing how I can make sure I stay on path to losing the correct amount, implementing diet breaks at the end of each training block and, the way that that has to work is if I, if I stick to that plan. So I'll need to deload the week before starting prep and then it'll flow on from there. Yeah. Sounds good. I think cause yeah. like it would just feel weird, you know, like entering into a comp prep, feeling super excited as you do at the beginning of prep. Right. And then like deloading two weeks later, like mm. it would just be it, like, I just feel wrong, you yeah. know? <laughs> and I mean, last time I prepped because I was, I was probably still a beginner trainee then. I, I could get away with 10 weeks without deloading, Mm -hmm. but like now, I mean, I'm, this is week four of legs and week three of upper end. I need a deload. So it's, it's getting to that point where I just, if I don't listen to my body, like if I, if I listen to a coach, then there would be who doesn't know me as well as I know myself, there would be a high risk that I would just get injured more often. And like that on that note it is going to be interesting because i'm looking to get someone (laughs) to to, help you out to help me out well not necessarily that like it's i'm going to follow my own plan i'm not going to say who it is yet but (laughs) my goal is to follow my own plan but i would love someone to just chat through the the decisions with and kind of just be a friend throughout the process other than tierra of course but it's sometimes good to keep those decisions away from our uh, relationship I guess yeah, I completely agree that's a thing like we're both going to be going through the prep together and of course we talk to each other about absolutely everything but yeah I definitely do want to separate our relationship away from making those tough decisions I think mm-hmm. having someone else in your corner that you really trust that you can just consult with and just discuss different things with right and I think you're more likely to listen to them <laughs> even if they said the exact same thing as I would say you know yeah. what I mean <laughs> So I'm going to let them make the calls. Even if, even if we're still making the same calls, I'm going to let the words come out of their mouth into mm. your ears. <laughs> Him or her mouth. Yeah, their mouth, yes. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to working with someone, just like chatting, chatting through mm-hmm. it with them and having someone on my side to just discuss all about me with. Because mm-hmm. like, I don't really do that with many people, to be honest. Like I'm always focusing on like you or like to, or I focusing on my clients with my clients. So it will be nice to be it purely about my journey. So that'll be awesome. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. I'm really excited for you. Cool. 
Well, enough about me. <laughs> it's been a big monologue, but what about you? Yeah, so this past week, you know, it's just been, it's been probably a pretty average week, but it's been great nonetheless, you know. Again, it's just been a solid week of training and work and just like really just enjoying life, to be honest. It's been pretty great. So like training wise, so this is now the second week of my new mesocycle and uh, just had a fantastic time training, felt really strong. So hit quite a few lifetime PBs, which is pretty awesome. Like on my seated OHP, I got 40 kilograms for three by six, which I was just freaking ecstatic about, you know, like that's, that's a huge PB for me. Like even at the beginning of this year during prep, I was doing sets of like 10 to 12 with 30 kilograms. So to now be doing sets with 40 kilograms, an extra 10 kilograms on an, on an OHP, really really happy with that and uh do you think you'll keep that rep range so yeah that's and that's something that i actually changed this week because you you're like tiara you're always working in like an eight to usually i i usually work probably in an eight to 12 rep range for most movements some are in that 12 to 20 rep range some movements are in like a 20 to 30 rep range for things like hip abductions lateral raises all that jazz but yeah, I don't actually work until now in an actual six to eight rep range. So that's what I'm actually doing now for my OHP is I'll work in that six to eight rep range so that I can keep trying to get as strong as I can as the weeks go on. So that should be really good. Um, and yeah, I really enjoy it. But I think probably that six to eight rep range right now for me is good for my OHP and my bench, like those two main pushing movements. But I think that any other movement like I don't necessarily have a leg movement that I would work in a six to eight rep range with potentially hip thrusts but I'm already working in my hip thrust between an eight to ten rep range which I really like and like t-bar rows working between like 10 to 12 kind of thing but um yeah working that six to eight for my seated OHP it does it does feel really really good so that was awesome even like hip thrust I got a lifetime pb this week of three by eight with 155 kilograms. And what's pretty cool is that like a year and a half ago, 150 kilograms was my one rep max. And like, it's pretty cool to now be actually doing that for sets and reps. So it's pretty neat getting stronger over time, feeling feeling really good. So yeah, that was training, just a really solid week of training and nutrition, basically the exact same as last week. So protein is between 170 to 180 grams. Carbs are at 425 grams, and then fats are between 50 to 55 grams. I give myself that range because I think it's good to have a range. I don't hit things exactly to the T during my improvement season. But yeah, feeling very well nourished, very energetic, loving all my food. This last week I've actually reintroduced some tofu, which has actually been really nice. I used to eat tofu back in like 2018, but then 2019 and you know during prep tofu has a decent amount of fat in it and usually because I'm usually toward the lower fat you know side of dieting like I don't know like having having some tofu and getting like an extra close to 10 grams of fat if you want close to 20 grams of protein it's like ah, <laughs> like maybe I should have another source of protein but this past week I decided to buy like some hard tofu and I've just been slicing it super thin and just uh, cooking it in a pan with just some salt and some pepper and it comes out in like these little crackers and um 
I'm just having like... Are they crunchy? They're crunchy. Yeah, they're crispy. I've got to make you some. They're delicious. So they're crunchy the whole way through? No, not the whole way through. Like, you just know... Just on the outside. Yeah, just on the outside. They're they're really good. But I'm only having like 70 grams, uh, which is close to like 10 grams of protein or something. And then I have other HBV protein sources in that meal because you've got to eat hella tofu to actually reach your leucine threshold somewhere like... 50 grams of protein from tofu and that's like gonna blow my fats out of the water so anyway a little bit here and there all that moderation but yeah tofu it's really really nice been enjoying that this week and uh body composition wise pretty interesting you know so this week you know here in australia it's like the the heat has turned up you know like it is definitely getting hotter it's spring now and it's starting to really feel like summer and I've probably, I probably feel like a broken record, you know, because when I did my podcast mini series, uh, I spoke about this all the time, but I definitely know that my body is very sensitive to temperature changes and, and environmental changes in the way that I retain extra fluid. Um, and this can be an absolute biatch when you are prepping in the summer in Australia, because like 39 degree days, you know, you can be on 150 grams of carbs, you know, you're in a deficit, but your weight spikes up by two kilograms. You're like, what the (laughs) anyway, this past week, it's been kind of interesting because we've had some hot days and the Jack and I are currently training. We train at world's gym, Brisbane three days a week, and then world's gym, Mount Gravatt on two days of the week. The days after I train at world's gym, Brisbane, uh, like my weight just spikes up by hundreds of grams. So like the past few days that we've trained at Brisbane, my weight has been like 67.8. And last week, my weekly average was 66.9. So that's pretty damn significant. But the la- but the two days that we train at World's Gym Mount Gravatt, my weight the next morning is 67. So an 800 gram difference in fluid which is, I know, I know why that is because I drink to thirst. Like I stay very well hydrated regardless of the day, but if we're training at World's Gym Brisbane, I'm just so much thirstier. So I'll drink like three or four bottles of water, but compared to World's Gym Mount Gravatt, I'll usually only have like one bottle of water. Uh, so I drink a hell of a lot more water when we're training in that hot shed. And I know that's just why my weight spikes up the next day. But um, yeah, weekly average this week is for my body weight is like 67.2. So on average, it's 300 grams up from last week. But yeah, that's why I'm still looking at like the individual numbers because I know my environment has been influencing that. But regardless, feeling good. But it's not going to be too much longer, guys, while I am uh, around this body weight or, you know, like maintaining this slash slowly increasing this because... I'm actually going to be starting comp prep soon. So this is a bit of an announcement. I am pretty much now two weeks out from actually commencing my prep for season A 2021. Awesome. How many weeks out are you? So 21 weeks out if I start in two weeks, which is... And how do you know about the dates? So that's the thing. I don't exactly know the dates. I'm taking a bit of a stab in the dark. Well, like a good like calculated guess kind of stab in the dark you know so wearing night vision goggles yes that's right (laughs) and i eat a hell of a lot of carrots so my beta carotene levels you know they are definitely sufficient uh but the thing is guys so i'm basing these dates off what the show dates were for this past year in 2020 so this year in 2020 i competed on the last saturday of february so it was february 29th 
and I commenced my prep prior to that on August 31st, 2019. That was a 26 week gap between those shows. So I've kind of worked it out and I've said, okay, if they decide to have the show on the last Saturday again in February of 2021, right now that actually puts me at 23 weeks out from that show. So if I start prep in two weeks from now, that'll put me at 21 weeks out, which going off the data from my previous comp prep, I think that's actually going to put me in a really good position to definitely be ready for that show. Uh, because I know now if I start off my prep at 67 kilograms, one, that's already one kilogram less than I started my prep prior. And also right now I know that I have less body fat and I'm also leaner and I've also got more muscle now compared to when I started my prep last year too. Plus, right. I want to get on stage a little bit heavier. Last time I got on stage, my stage weight was like just sub 58 kilograms. So it was like 57.8, 57.9. The lowest I got down to in prep was 57.6, uh, which is pretty damn light you know, and I know that I have grown in these past seven months for sure. So I would have like a goal of mine is definitely to be able to compete in the 58 kilograms. That would be absolutely awesome. Cause I know, I know I've just, I've, I know I've built overall and especially in my lower body and especially in my quads. And I've been putting in some really solid work and I know that I've built some more muscle and I know I can get on stage a little bit heavier and just as lean, if not leaner. So Anyway, working all of that out, I think that starting off at 21 weeks out to achieve that goal, and again, I've planned out a timeline. It's there's still a few weeks away, so I'm going to give you guys a full rundown right before I start prep. Uh, but yeah, just planning ahead. So pretty much two weeks left of my improvement season, and then it is go time. But that's the thing with you and I, right? Like we live and breathe this lifestyle, you know, like the main thing that's really gonna change is just our caloric intake. I'm just gonna be entering into a calorie deficit. I'm just gonna be losing some body fat and I'm definitely gonna be increasing my frequency of posing mm. practice. Everything else kind of stays the same, you know, cause this is just the life I live and the life I love. So when my, my food sources change, your food sources change. Yes, food sources will change down the track. That's for sure. I have to get out the popcorn maker again sometime, but uh, not at the start, of course. <laughs> I'm still going to be enjoying the oats and the, and the cream of wets, um, cream of wheats, but yeah, so I've got two weeks left of my improvement season, which is damn exciting, you know, and that's the thing. So I'm, I'm in that pre prep phase and I spoke about this last week, right? Like I didn't, I don't want to wake up and just be like, surprise, like you're in comp prep because you know, you're 16 weeks out or something like that. I want to be prepared. I want to give myself enough time. So yeah, I'm preparing and it's like, you have to mentally prepare yourself. You know, that's what you really need to do in that pre-prep phase. Of course, there's like, you know, physiologically, you probably want to try to be at, at a maintenance body weight, but trying to get your calories up as high as possible. So you can start yourself off at a really good level of energy availability, but it's really psychological for me. I need to get in the zone. You know, I need to get into that. Okay. I'm about to enter into a six or a seven month prep mindset, right? Because it's a huge commitment. It's a huge endeavor. You don't just roll out of bed one morning. You're like, cool. All right. Going to start comp prep today. Like you need to prepare yourself psychologically. So, you know, these next two weeks, just really going to be thinking about that a lot and uh, getting myself prepared for when it starts. So yeah, pretty damn awesome. excited. 
Should I find go? that a lot of people, because the good thing about comp prep is that it, it should be easy at the start. Mm-hmm. And that also allows people to develop skills throughout the early part, let's mm-hmm. say for the first 10 weeks. And then they have those skills when it start get, starts getting harder. Yeah, absolutely. And usually the closer you get to show, like the more external motivation there is, like posing classes, commands, mm-hmm. you might see some other people on Instagram, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's beautiful, you know, just how you can transition from each phase very strategically. And God, I'm just, even though I only did one show this last season when I was supposed to do like five or six, right? I'm so freaking grateful I went through my prep from 2019 to 2020 because I just learned some invaluable lessons that I know that are just going to make me so much better for every single season moving forward. I learned so much about prep, about myself, how I respond to different protocols, about my own mindset. But yeah, I'm just so damn excited to just get back into that headspace and really start working toward that goal again. I'm I am freaking pumped and I know as the days go by, I'm going to be even more and more pumped to, um, to really, you know, kick it off. So it's almost time. Jeez Louise. It's almost time. You know, crazy to think I've been in this improvement season for almost seven months now. It's really flown by, but again, this past improvement season has really taught me that, uh, you know, it's, it's changed my outlook on things like, you know, when you really give it your all. And I know I've really, really given this my all. Perhaps I don't need a two-year off-season, you know? Like, I know I can make a hell of a lot of changes in seven months. And I'm not saying that I couldn't make a lot of changes in 24 months, but I'm just saying that I'm really proud of myself. You know, I know I've put in the work, and I'm really excited to showcase it next year. So, Mm. alongside you. Probably not competing, you know, on stage at the exact same time, (laughs) but (laughs) to go through it. Awesome. Yeah, I think... In, this is the most amount of gains you've made, despite being in the shortest amount of time. So it's it's awesome. Thank you very much. Thanks. <laughs> but uh, yeah, guys, I guess, you know, that's that's the end of episode 21, right? Episode 21 for the road to 21, 21. So there we go. But Jack, what we always finish on, one thing that we want to improve this week. So what do you want to improve? So I, I always say something very generic and slightly boring, but that's kind of what it is to do it day to day and like yeah I just want to make sure I recover this coming week I want to find my maintenance calories for it'll probably be my rest days because uh, when I start a new block like obviously training will elevate that so I'm thinking at the moment it might be between 450 and 500 carb and just um, ensure that these niggles don't get any worse see the physio um, do whatever he says and keep up with the physio work and just uh, have a productive week of producing content and seeing clients. Got a few new client check-ins this week, which should be good. Yeah, on that grind. (laughs) And what about you? This week, I want to improve uh, my taxes. Does that make sense? So we need to get on top of it. Your skill set of the taxes. I want to improve my tax skill set and pay my taxes. So I haven't left... You sound very excited. (laughs) Yes, I can't wait to give the government all my money. Uh, No, but, you know, tax, like the tax and whatever it's called, the due date for the taxes is coming up. It's still over a month away, you know, so it's not like we've left it till the very last minute. But yeah, this week I need to learn more about paying tax and pay my tax. So... That's what I want to improve this week is hold myself accountable to just, man, just sit down and freaking pay my taxes, you know, stop putting it off. Cause I know I'm just being honest. I know that I've been putting that off. I'm glad yeah. they give you the, like, they give people quite a number of months to sort their shiz out, you know, mm. like, 
Yeah. I need to improve on that as well. Yes. Let's do it together. Let's sit down. Let's do our taxes. We, we kind of need to anyway. Yeah, we literally need to. Otherwise, we will end up paying even more money in fines. <laughs> All right, guys. So that's the end of this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you did enjoy it, remember to take a screenshot, post it to your Instagram stories, tag Jack, tag myself, tag the bodybuilding dietitians, and we'll catch you next week. See you guys.